The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm Sapphire My pronouns are him, his, and he. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers! What are we drinking today? So, uh, this isn't my first, but I made mint juleps for us, but more traditional mint juleps. More Kentucky Derby style. Oh, yeah? So they're meant to be served in a silver pewter cup or a, in what we have is copper with silver inside. Yeah. Lined cups. And they're meant to have a handle, a true one. Yeah. Because they're supposed to keep the outside of the glass frosty the whole time. Gotcha. You know, the cup is supposed to be frosty so you don't touch it. So it stays optimally cold. And obviously, the Kentucky Derby, this is made world famous. Yeah. Tens of thousands of mint juleps are served. Generally speaking. Uh, at Churchill Downs. Yeah. yeah. In Louisville. And they love it because it's a balance of sweet, smoky, and herbal flavors. And they talk about using, and, and because it's Louisville, it's Kentucky, Kentucky bourbon. That's what they're using is Kentucky bourbon. Right. So I made a spin on this one. So when they have you make it, they have you put two sugar cubes in the bottom and muddle the, the mint leaves. Now, you got me this wonderful book that we're going to try all these jazz era cocktails and in their version the old school they don't want you bruising the mint at all oh interesting so and i make another version of this completely so i chose to follow the spruce eats recipe for juleps because they bruise the mint with sugar yeah now i had to add a little bit of water to bruise it because just sugar and the mint there's not enough moisture there to break the sugar down and to actually really bruise the mint so i was able to muddle really well then you add the bourbon, so the bourbon is just sitting in that mint slurry. Yeah. And then on top of it, you add all this crushed ice. And then you slowly stir it until it combines, top it with a little bit more of crushed ice, and then the mint sprigs. And then you serve it with straw because you're meant to drink what's created in the bottom. So it's just bourbon and mint. Yeah, So, but the twist that I did is I used rye. Oh, I see. Because of bourbon being so sweet, and we're going to add two sugar cubes right. to something that's already sweet – might be too sweet. So we'll see if we like this, but this will give it a little more of a spicy so there's tone. No, there's no like soda in it. No. Isn't like it crazy? That. So it's just, it's like. It's basically just bourbon. Bourbon on ice. Bourbon basically, on ice with, with mint. mint. <laughs> Interesting. But and, if and you're, there's no bitters in it. No or... bitter, nothing. Wow. Now, when, when I get to making mine, I actually go through the whole process of making a mint simple syrup wow. to extract the oils out. And then I mix it 50-50 with 
your choice of bourbon or rye. I see. And then you serve that straight up over an ice ball. Initially, the first taste is quite sweet. It is yeah. because bourbon's so sweet. But if you let it just sit in the ice ball and it slowly, it's a sitting drink. Right. It really is refreshing Yeah. as you go. Well, this is beautiful. And of course, when you bring this to your nose, you just get that hit of mint. Yeah, don't so you? Great. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a real, we'll see. Yeah, you got it. It's minty. Oh. Do you see that? Yeah, totally. I think the rye works. It really does. Because it's not too sweet. It really, you really does. You taste the whiskey and the water is in there from the ice melting and the mint, but I didn't lose any of the mint. I'm impressed by how frosty the cups are. Yeah, that's why you use these cups. Yeah. Because of the ice. They really want the ice, small pebble, crushed, crushed so that it releases a lot of cold into the glass and keeps it ice cold. So you could see the sitting at your table while you're right. watching races. Sure. And it's hot and you're just sipping on this. Yeah, it's definitely a sipping drink. Yeah, this is definitely a poolside drink. I, mm. I, I could have this mm-hmm. while I'm reading a book in the sun. Totally. That's lovely. I love. I just love mint, you know. It's such a, I do too. Such a lovely fragrance. Yeah, and what I do with mine when I make it, after I make the simple syrup, mint simple syrup, because I used to grow mint yeah. by the barrelfuls, and so I would harvest it only for the reason of making this simple syrup, and I would then freeze these huge amounts of mint simple syrup. And then I would then cut it with the whiskey or bourbons, and then I would freeze those so they would be frozen for Good three tools. months yeah. in uh, these really cool eclectic glassware yeah. to mature. Huh. And then you'd give them away as Christmas presents. Wow. And, you know, for holiday presents for people. Yeah. And people were like, when are you making the next batch? I go, I have to wait till a mint. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a lovely drink. It's really well done. I like it with the rye. I do too, because I've had plenty of mint juleps with bourbon. It's just really sweet, like sweet water. And I like this as tastes more like a beverage. Yeah, it's good. It's like really good. Yeah, it's good. I can see why it's a big hit and why they sell hundreds of thousands of these. I know, I know. (laughs) I want to invite our listeners to rate us on Apple because there's a new algorithm that if you review and rate the podcast on Uh Apple... It kind of pushes the podcast up so people get to hear it. Oh, yeah. So I want to invite people to please, if you listen to the podcast regularly, please rate us please and review us. it yeah, yeah. on Apple. Yeah. And then I'd also welcome people to go to our Patreon site and become a sponsor of the podcast. Yeah, we need those and there's too. there's lots of things that it takes to do the podcast. And as, as crazy as we are, as often as we do it and all the guests were promoting it would really help us a lot if people would go and become a supporter of the podcast absolutely yeah thank you chapter 15 powerful chapter very powerful yeah lots of uh we had lots of comments and input on this chapter well you know i think when you listen to our comments on this chapter, you have to get that we live in a 24-7 dynamic. Totally. And being caned is a weekly experience for you. Correct. And we have a DS dynamic. Well, and just think about how many times that means. Right. At this point. We're at almost three years. Right. So that's 150 times of caning sessions. Ish. 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 Right? Right. Uh, give or take, but... 
that's caning sessions. Thousands of strokes. That's not talking even about how many strokes there are. No. Right? That's just sessions. That's just sessions. Right. Of high, which we consider our high protocol. So we've had, you know, give or take one or two on each side. Who knows? Yeah. 150 high protocol sessions. Right. As well as a claiming right. in there and a collaring in right. there. So you start to have a different viewpoint of caning. Yes. Period. As a, as a receiver. Yes. And as a deliverer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so that's our context in having this conversation. And then there's the conversation that occurs in the chapter. Right. Which is really interesting because it's Amy's step into the dungeon yeah, as a mentor, a, a, a as kind a of mentee, like an inter- internship. As an intern. It's almost like an intern. Right, she's an know? intern, but she's a, or, an active let intern. Let me just say this, because I think it's funny. I thought of this while we, you were reading. I thought it's like a resident mm-hmm. who's going on rounds with the lead doctor. Basically, Eric is the lead. Yeah, it's true. And she's on rounds with her. And they make people on rounds diagnose and produce the treatment system for the patients that they see. That's basically what Amy's doing. Yeah, for sure. Now, the chapter begins with Amy being positioned to be tossed. Yeah, because she asks. They talk about the file of this client coming in. Right. Cause yeah. is the is one of his tools of choice, preferred tools of discipline. Right. Okay. Not that he likes it, but it's a preferred tool. No, it's discipline. Yeah. He doesn't it's, like it. Right. right. But there but are. But he gets off on it. But he gets off on it. Yeah. Right. But particularly after he's done with his session. Right. Right. And so Amy, I think rightly so, like in the kink world, would say, "You should try that on me. I should have an idea of the implement." I do think. There are tons of people we've interviewed dominants, tons of dominants yeah. who have said either bottom, either yeah. mindfully or while they were on their journey of discovering who they were, yeah. they were a bottom or a sub at some point. Right. They got present to what it and was. And they got present to different things because they whether they knew they would become dominant or they were dominant. Yeah. Or they were forcibly allowing themselves to train. Yeah. Really learning the different implements, right? And that's key. It's right. key. So I think that was brilliant that she wrote yeah. that in. And one of the things I really appreciated about that conversation was the conversation about safe words. Yes, I'm glad they brought that in. Yeah, and so we have a point of view on safe words. Yeah, and she talked about two aspects of safe words. She talked about common safe words using colors, red and yellow. Right. And she talked about Uncommon safe words using words that are not commonly right. used, like aardvark. And that's sort of like a miss in a way to mm-hmm. me, because there's, in the world of safe words, it's a communication between a dom and a sub. And, you know, red means um, we're done, it's over. Right. Yellow means, okay, slow down, come back, um, I like it, continue. Green means go, right? Well, but also, I- let me say one more thing. There's another aspect to safe words, which is intensity. And so people use safe words like numbers. Like if the dom is standing there using the tours and thinking, in in this case, Amy or or Catherine in this case, is using the tours at a seven in her mind. 
but he's only experiencing it at two. Well, that's a miss, right? You're not actually getting. And that requires communication. Right. I know that people think, well, it disrupts the play. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. Because what you can say is mistress. Right. Because there should be feedback, especially a new person. Yeah. Especially, and I'm not even saying new. If you have a new play partner yes. in a power exchange like this, yeah. where you're using BDSM as the main play. Or, or corporal punishment. Right, right, which is falls right into BDSM. Yeah. So you, you there needs to be communication as you learn each other yes. to say, because she wasn't Erica. Erica wrote her files right. as Erica's right. files. Right. Erica knows and has experience and whatever. Right. Who, who knows when she got him as a client has learned what her number is for him. Right. She should have said as she smacked him, not the beginning one where she was soft, because he was nervous, right? Yeah. Because he doesn't know, right? right? It's right for him to be concerned. Yeah, because he has a new person. He has no idea what right. she's going to do. He knows what to expect from Erica. Right. And so it should have been when she did the first major smack, yeah. she should have said. This is a two. This feels like a two. What is it for you? Right. So there was a breakdown in communication there that yeah. I thought was missing from the yeah. chapter. But also... I thought it was a missed opportunity because I think that there was a great preamble to the conversation about a toes and positioning Erica. To, I mean, Erica positioning Amy to use the toes yeah, on and her. And then it wasn't ever. And then it was dropped. And then the like, whole scene of her, because she went into safe word because she says, I'm going to. I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this and do this to you. Yeah. And we build it up to when I thought it was fantastic with the safe word and all right. that was great. And I'm waiting for the scene. I mean, as See, a kinkster, I'm waiting for the scene. This happen, is what, right. right? And it didn't happen. Yeah, which was a missed opportunity. It was a missed opportunity, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, so the chapter progresses with Catherine being illustrated by Erica as to how the different implements feel in her. Yeah. So she uses So she kind of describes paddle, the different things. She uses crop, she uses the toe, she uses the cane. Well, and, and this is where I get, I kind of, as a submissive, as a receiver, yeah. catcher, if you will, Yeah. I was kind of like forlorn at the understanding that in any play, impact play, right. there is a warm-up phase. Unless it is... Strict punishment. Strict punishment, which is different than discipline. <laughs> Strict punishment. There has already been a pre-assigned agreement between the two individuals, which with Catherine being the person that's going to deliver, there is no agreement there. I mean, of course, he said during the scene that he agrees that she can use this device. That doesn't mean there was a pre-agreement from his previous behavior before he came to the session. So I think there's a miss there on the whole point of an agreement. Well, there, there are several opportunities for conversation in a kink dynamic yeah. to have occurred differently yeah. between, you know, firstly, Erica and Catherine. So we should have seen the completion of the tossing. So uh, you know what would have helped will help with where we come from? Right. Because we're not the only people out there that are kinksters and right. have an idea about this because what we're saying could be completely different from what other people believe. So I'm right. not, I'm not trying to make anyone wrong. Right. But for example, let's say you had ex- expressed to me that you in the past had some 
someone who wanted discipline right. for not smoking right. or drinking or something what like just that. just happened, right? Okay, exactly. These are real people. So this person, you, you had a conversation with this person at some point and you came to an agreement right. on their behavior change, right? Because right. you're a disciplinarian. Okay, so then you do that. Tell us the steps now when someone breaks the agreement. Right. Are you warming them? Are you just caning them? What are no, you doing? In what the case doing? of discipline, it's it's without warm-up. Okay. And that makes sense because you have an agreement ahead of time. Right. And you have clarification. Right. With the conversation that was going on about whether he had enough women working for his company or right. not, it was very unclear. First of all, that had never been a conversation they had before where he would actually know. Right. So she took him off guard. Right. And so for me, that was more... I don't even know. It definitely well, isn't well, punishment because it's not punishment for no. it. Could it be discipline? Well, if he's an ongoing client and he tends to abuse women, that could be the agreement that Erica has with him. Yeah. But I was really torn with the whole, I guess I would say this. Erica should have been involved in the conversation More, with, the, yeah. with the client on what was considered a break in integrity. Yes. And then she could say to her intern, you'll deliver him. Five strokes because they do have the agreement and he did agree that she could do it. So there's a consent issue. Don't you think so? Totally. I thought so. Yeah. And there was something else as well, which is that it occurs to me that in this case, Erica is the dominant. Right. Yeah. Just like you said. So what I was expecting was while Amy was talking to him about his behavior as a boss towards women in his company, she could have been warming him up with a flogger or a paddle like an or intern something, would. like an yeah. intern would. And then the punishment could come. And it might come from Erica. And it might come from Erica, Where right. Amy gets to see it. But it's weird that when they express, and we can only go by what's written, that she's been in it for a couple of weeks, that means, you know, what yeah. we know. And there's something else, which is there's a certain skill set to using implements like a toss, like a paddle, like a cane. There's that a, is what I'm saying. There's a certain skill set. Yeah. She doesn't have that skill well, set. Well, and that's what I was up against was like, I get that there are dominants that come into a scene yeah. in any in any way of life, not even professional, just dominants, right. who seek a sub and they get a sub. There should be a learning curve for both yes. during a phase. It doesn't just go well, zero to 60. I'll give you an example. So so we bought a cat of nine tails. Right. And I used that on you several times at like a 40% intensity. Correct. To try and figure out how the thing works. Lands and things how like that. How it lands, how to swing it, how to snap it, how to land it on the right spot. Right. You know, and I played with it at a low intensity before I raised the intensity because there's a skill set to using these implements. Well, and, and lots a, of people we talk about with flogging, they practice yeah. on pillows and right. things. So that's a, I think it's a missed opportunity where Again, yeah. Erica could have given her training things. It, you're not just a natural because you say you're dominant right? or you speak well, the dominant parts. words. Well, there's two parts. There right? really there's are the skills. Yeah. There's the mentality of being dominant, which right. Amy is right. granted. That's been true the whole book sure. so far. And then there's the skill set that's required to actually exercise impact play as a dominant. Well, and that's, and that's what, what's and, missing. And that's what's missing. And, and that is important because we, I don't want it to go out there that like anyone can just start throwing a, a you know, cat of nines no. and things like that. That's, 
you're going to hurt somebody. And that hurting is going to be way out of your consent. Consent is on someone who knows what they're doing. I want to refer people to Dex on Yes. Yes. And Dex has a whole video video library library. on YouTube about how to actually throw a flogger, throw a cat of nine tails, throw a a snake whip, throw a single tail, right? So there's an opportunity to become competent in the use of these implements. And he says over and over again, people practice on pillows. They practice on targeting. Yes. They practice on balloons. Yep. I mean, he talks about being able to hit a target far away on a balloon and not pop it. Right. I mean, this is, we're talking about people who have control over an implement to almost dance with the implement with their sub. Yes. And so, you know, this was a scene that was in the world of discipline. Yes. But it was also sexualized because he's masturbating while he's getting Mm -hmm. caned, which I thought was interesting. You know, that was a very interesting thing. Like I've had you masturbate while I've caned you in the past. Oh, yeah. So it's not out of the realm of normal. No, That's a normal And they talk about a way of the guys in mostly visiting Erica release themselves. Yes. And so I'm sure that needed to be written in to give closure for any men reading this, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that there's an ending to it. Yeah. You know what but, I mean? But, but from my point of view, you had a novice using an implement that takes a lot of skill on, a, on an existing client at a level that, you know, he was super appreciative of her in the book. Mm-hmm. But I think that there was a miss in that Erica, Amy, Arnhem relationship about the way the discipline was delivered mm-hmm. that sort of steps over all of the training that's required. Right. Because we know that a lot of times if a sub is a seasoned sub and yeah. they're going to a professional and they're new with each other, there'll be lots of communication that happens post scene. Yes. Which Erica's done. Yeah. That's why she has those folders because they've had those post scenes where he said it was too hard or it was too soft because there has to be, I know people say, well, that's weird because that takes people out of the role. No, but there's but actually it's really important because if you really want a certain, like if you go to a hairdresser and you really want a certain service and you want the nape of your neck cut back short, yeah. or you want something done, you have to tell them, you can't Absolutely. just assume, well, they're the professional. They'll know they'll be no, able to just no. magically read me. No, life occurs in language. Absolutely. No. You got to speak right. your words. Right. Yeah. So, There was an opportunity for aftercare that Erica took advantage of with Arnhem, but it was stepped over again, was stepped over in its detail, right? So she put a robe on him quickly. She put a robe on him quickly, and there wasn't really that debriefing that should occur in aftercare. And it might have. I'm just saying it wasn't written about. But what I'm saying is... That would, would have been pivotal because that's something that doesn't often happen in the vanilla world. People right. decompress post-sex. They just kind of roll over and fall go asleep. Go to sleep, right, right, right. And then if, even if things went wrong, you, you always see movies about this where people talk about, well, he's a bad fuck. You know, right. he never talks to me or does this or yeah. he doesn't know that he sucks on a blowjob or whatever. Right. There's movies and scenes about tons of this. Right. But in the kink world, we talk about this. That's right. what's so powerful in the kink world is we talk about what went right or what didn't go right. And there's really nothing wrong, but it's about learning. Yeah, I really, today I could have taken more strokes or right. I could have taken this, whatever. Yeah. And that communication. I do have to put my two cents in, though. As a dominant, I felt, because I'm all about planning, I just felt such a huge, like, 
connection with Erica having a shower right. or a place for someone to address themselves post-play right. to reform themselves before they go back into the world. Right. And I, it sounds really anal, but this is really who I am. She talks about, you know, they go in and shower and they come back out like they are and they, it kind of steps over what happens. But for me, I was like, the first thing I thought was, oh my God, if I had regular clients, I would have just like nail salons have, okay. just like massage salons have, all these places when you go, if you're a regular, you have your own little box that oh, is right. your stuff, your sure. nail thing, your whatever. Sure. I would definitely have a basket of like the person's deodorant, their cologne, the wash they want. And people might say, well, that's really overkill. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. But the reality is you're providing a service to someone that is huge. It's customer service, but at the same time, you're creating an aftercare situation that's totally. familiar to them, totally. meaning that you care about them. And yes. then, of course, the idea would be, depending on the person, you could read them and say, I need to have a debriefing immediately, or right. they need to go shower and feel settled, right. and then we're going to have a debriefing. Right. I like the orange juice idea. That's huge because I'm a sub, and I know what my blood sugar drops. Like today, our play was so intense, yeah. and I can't even tell you why. It just was super intense. Right. That I think I crashed for an hour. You did, yeah. Yeah. And so I was out, like out of commission. Right. Like completely used up. Yeah. So I think this chapter had the opportunity to get more developed in a couple different ways. Like yeah. in one way to really explore Catherine, in this case, Amy. Right. Being actually the receiver of a tour stroke or a cane stroke. It, that could have even been a, a chapter right On before this chapter. On they could own, have yeah. talked about her going through the different that would have been a fascinating chapter to be honest of going through erica's actual dungeon and discovering all the toys and as a receiver right and then the safe word discussions happen that would have been a very that would have been a very valuable chapter yeah even it was short to then lead into this chapter where she's actually playing with more authority and then i think this chapter should also have addressed aftercare in much yes. more detail. Yes. And maybe it will later in the book. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But I think early on when you're talking about kink for people to really understand. Right. I think it would have been appropriate to have it. Yeah. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers!